Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. I never really had the belief I was going to be a CEO ever until I got to about 35 and I started looking at people and thinking, I could do that job, I could do that job. And that just pushed me on a bit. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Lucy Hall. Lucy is the CEO of Morris Care, a well-established and compassionate nursing home care company. Lucy joined Morris Care in April 2020 with a proven track record of generating consistent growth. Morris Care is a fifth-generation, family-run company group who've been delivering outstanding care for over 30 years. Lucy joins us today to share her insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Lucy. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for letting me join your podcast. I'm looking forward to the interview. Yeah, I'm interested to hear your story. So can you tell us a little bit about Morris Care, the organisation that you lead and what you're working towards, please? Morris Care is a family-owned business based in Shrewsbury that has six care homes across Shropshire and Cheshire that provide nursing care and dementia care to older people in the communities where our homes are. Um, it's a fifth-generation family business. Um, it's very centric on Shrewsbury, and we're really proud to care for people living in the areas that we have our homes. Yeah, um, in terms of what do we aspire to be, I think I would summarise it all as I want our homes to be great places for people to live in their mm-hmm. senior years. I want them to be able to live their life in a way they want to do it with some fun, laughter, companionship and friendship because old age can get lonely mm-hmm. and really for me our staff are absolutely vital in ensuring that we give kind compassionate and professional care fantastic and so coming out of of covid you must have been through the mill as an organization what what are the key challenges that you're up against now as a leader of that kind of organization i think we've probably lived on our adrenaline for the last two years mm-hmm. and i've been really proud of how the staff have really stepped up to the plate and responded but our biggest challenges is workforce 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 mm-hmm. so we've had the perfect storm really there was probably about 120,000 vacancies in social care pre-pandemic Mm-hmm. And then we um, left the EU with existing vacancies and then with people burning out and getting frazzled in healthcare generally, mm-hmm. um, our biggest challenge is maintaining the workforce we've got and supporting them in the workplace, but attracting new people into the sector. So we are focused at the moment on trying to attract young people in. Um, we okay. want them to see a career pathway in healthcare. Um, you know, as a vocational um, pathway for for life to stay stay the distance because turnover can be high. Mm -hmm. And um, we've also got a really diverse workforce, which we're really proud of. We have 35 different nationalities in our small business. um, And we we need to celebrate those people because we're really grateful that they're here to help us because we couldn't run our business as well as we do without them there. So um, we've got quite a big program for overseas staff at the moment we're taking about 60 staff over the sort of previous three months and the next three months and um, it's key for me that we celebrate them as they arrive we welcome them and make them feel great about coming to 
England and Shrewsbury or Cheshire, wherever they end up, and we're helping them with, you know, arrangements to get to work, accommodation, transport, down to the littlest details around, you know, welcome packs of food they're familiar with when they arrive so they can orientate themselves and get themselves going. Um, and, uh, you know, we will probably have at the end of this wave of overseas staff, we'll probably have one in four of our staff are, um, you know, from overseas. So quite a, a diverse workforce to lead and support and help them orientate into our ways of giving care, which are all slightly different from theirs, but mm -hmm. they're very adaptable, which is all good. Fantastic. It makes for such a rich workforce as well. The yeah. Diversity, I can bang the diversity drum all day long, but I think in terms of having all those different nationalities and all those different perspectives, that can only be a good thing. Yeah, I think so too. It's definitely a, a, quite a colourful um, approach in the home. So we've got a, a, one of our male nurses, male nurses, Lemus, um, who works at Corbrook Park. He's um, convinced the cook to... Uh, get some of his great food cooked in the home for everybody to try. So there's lots yeah. of things that we do that is good to celebrate where people have come from and the things yeah. they, they value in their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. And, and you mentioned career pathways earlier in the conversation. Can you tell us a bit about your journey into leadership then? Because obviously taking a little look at your education, I can see that it was always, always quite business focused. Was it always going to be the case that you were headed for the chief exec seat or...? Is no, I, to, be, to be honest, the, the, the bit around the chief exec seats I'll talk about in a minute because it's quite interesting. But I um, was a typical teenager, hadn't a clue what I wanted to do, um, did my A-levels, went and did a, a H&D in business and finance and then just decided to apply for jobs. And I can remember going uh, for management trainee jobs at places like Sainsbury's, Waitrose mm -hmm. and Intercity, which was... Um, uh, part of the railway division and I got the intercity job and that's how I ended up as a graduate trainee for the railways mm -hmm. and I ended up leading large teams of people at a very young age so I was I think somewhere between 22 and 24 in my first job leading the depot of uh, staff that worked on board the train I think it was about 150 of them Okay. I w and uh, it was my job to go off and see the trains going out every day and make sure they got all their supplies and all their catering food. And these guys, had, girls, had worked for the businesses for years and years and years. And then I was tottering up at 22, 24, telling them to get on with their job. And they did have some fun with me, but I learned really quickly. Um, it, they were very playful with me, but I really love working with people. And actually, it wasn't so much the railway, it's the people I enjoyed. And that really defined my career path. And I've really always led teams of people mm -hmm. um, in a number of sectors. So I went from the railways to hospitality. I did a stint at Whitbread running pubs, hotels and restaurants. Mm -hmm. Then I went back to Virgin and did a stint working um, on driving standards of service on the trains for Richard Branson, who brought the new train sets, mm -hmm. which was a great experience. Um, working in a very entrepreneurial style of business. And then after that, I ended up getting a job um, supporting people with learning disabilities in the workplace. So I had um, a really diverse set of factories from Aberdeen down to Penzance that did all sorts of things like making windows, manufacturing furniture, digitalizing records. But the key purpose of the organization was to allow people with disabilities to access work and have a workplace. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. 95% of all the people I led had a disability. Um, and then rather strangely, my husband got headhunted for a job. 
And he looked at it and said, you've got to be joking. Not a chance, but you should talk to my wife. <laughs> and the headhunter talked to me and I ended up with my first ops director job in the care sector. And then I've been here ever since and I absolutely love it. Um, and I, my, my um, position to go for a CEO was quite interesting because I never really had the belief I was going to be a CEO ever until I got to about 35 and I started looking at people and thinking, I could do that job, I could do that job. <laughs> and that just pushed me on a bit. And, and then I very fortunately ended up at Morris Care as my first CEO post and I haven't looked back since. Um, my family always say that I was probably destined for this type of thing because when I, I'm a one of four, and my nickname in the house was Winston Churchill, and they used to call me Wincy. <laughs> and it, I thought it was because I had a big head as a baby, but actually they told me it's because I was really bossy. So I was always going to end up doing some sort of leadership job. <laughs> assertive more than bossy. <laughs> <laughs> no, they said I was bossy. <laughs> I'm assertive sometimes now, but then, yeah. then I'm bossy. <laughs> and and in terms of in terms of leadership then it sounds as though you've got very much your own style as you should have as, as lots of people have but how would you define a great leader what is it about great leaders that that makes them stand out do you think i think i think leadership is really complicated because you need different approaches different strategies with different people with different problems with different challenges with different opportunities but i define the things i admire in great leaders is somebody who's courageous somebody who listens, um, somebody who is able to adapt and modify their behaviour to bring the best out in the people that they lead. And that, I think, leadership is multifaceted. I think sometimes you need to drive a performance culture, sometimes you need to support, sometimes you need to coach. But the, the, the key to a good leader is to know which lever and gears to push and pull at the right time to get the best out of people that work for you. Yeah. Um, and then underpinning that, you have to get your organisational teams and the people that you lead um, space and time to plan, reflect and innovate. Mm -hmm. And if you do all that, you're a great leader in my books. Fantastic. I'm still working hard at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's always a work in progress, though, isn't it? I think the, yeah. the day that you sit back and say, I know it all, is the day that you become less of a leader than you are today, I think, in my opinion. And, and so in terms of your style, where does that come from? Was there a piece of advice or an experience that you had earlier in your career that shaped your style? Um, I'm, I'm a fairly outgoing person and I like people. And I think um, that's, that's a good place for me to start um, how I developed. But I was very fortunate that um, both in the railway when I was on the graduate programme and then later when I worked for Whitbread, I got put on some fast track leadership programmes. And I can remember going uh, away on this residential course with Whitbread, where I was working with a load of people that I didn't know, and you're getting constant feedback about your leadership style and the way you interacted with people. And broadly, people were all really positive about it. And I thought, oh, maybe I can actually do this quite well. Um, but then I also had some one-to-one -one sessions, and, the, and the, um, the business coach said to me, you need to lose the suit. You've got really high impact when you, and presence when you walk in a room. And with the suit, you just push it a little bit too much in terms of it can be quite intimidating and just relax and let people see the real authentic Lucy. And, and, and you know, that will engage people because people want to work for a great organisation, but they want to work for a great leader too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So probably that, probably in my sort of early 30s, late 20s, I sort of got the feedback that made me sort of think. And, and I've done, you know, various bits of um, 
360 feedback, coaching qualifications and training all through my 40s. Um, and that really just helped me see a different insight and a different approach to how things could be done or how you can behave to influence others. And I think that's all helped me. So I guess really, I've never really given up on the leadership piece. I keep, you know, doing a bit more to think about yeah. something in a different way. But um, also, I think you've just got to have quite high levels of emotional intelligence to be a good leader. You've mm -hmm. got to be able to connect and put yourself in other people's shoes to understand how they're feeling. Absolutely, absolutely. And in part, I guess you've already answered this next question, but if there was a piece of advice that you would share with someone that was either looking to follow in your footsteps or right at the start of their career with their eye on a leadership position or just about to take a step into, into their first chief exec role, what advice would you share with them? Um, it's a bit, I think for me, just find the right strategy to bring the best out in people and then focus on the team. The output of a team, for me, will have greater impact and better benefits for the business as a whole and the things you do in those businesses if the team is performing at a good level and working as a team. And then my top tip, which I say slightly tongue-in-cheek, but surround yourself with great people that make you look good. It makes your job a lot easier. Uh, the right and never be afraid of people knowing more than you. I, I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I've managed um, professional staff for most of my life at various times. And I still today lead a team of nurses who know a lot more than me about clinical governance and practice. But, you know, use that expertise, ask questions and listen, and you'll find all the answers within your organisation. Yeah, that's great advice. That is good advice. And so we mentioned... In a different guise, we mentioned Winston Churchill earlier in the uh, in the conversation, but I'm always really interested to understand if there are leaders that, that the leaders of today really admire. So whether there's someone past or present, famous or otherwise, is there a leader a leader that you particularly admire? And if so, what is it about them? So I'm a big fan of Michelle Obama, and I saw her live in one of her interview sessions down um, in London uh, wow. a couple of years ago, and that was really interesting. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and in terms of your your other influences, so in terms of books that you read or podcasts that you listen to or audio books that you consume, is there is there a particular book or a, a piece of content that you've be, either been shaped by or you've particularly enjoyed recently that you'd recommend to, to people in the leadership role? Um, so I think I tend to use reading and um, podcasts and uh, stuff as a, a bit of an escape from work. So it's a bit of a so uh, what am I reading now? I'm reading the BBC Good Food June edition. <laughs> I've got a Lonely Planet travel book to Cambodia, which I'm just about to start because I want to go to Cambodia. So oh, I'd like fantastic. to read that first. Mm -hmm. um, I'm reading the um, uh, Anatomy of a Scandal by Sarah Vaughan, which I hadn't realised has been televised, but I will watch the series after. Uh -huh. um, and I tend to just... Um, allow that time to read or listen to stuff as a turn off and stop thinking about work. Yeah, yeah it's good. It, it's good advice. I was speaking to another CEO yesterday who was saying that they read novels as an escapism because it's a different, it's, I don't know if it's a different part of your brain, but it's certainly a different experience and you can't be thinking about the business or scrolling on your phone or replying to emails whilst you're off escaping into a novel. That's, that's good advice as well. Fantastic. And, and so can you tell us about what's going to be happening over the next six, nine, 12 months at Morris Care? What's on your desk and what's coming around the corner that you can share with us? Um, so uh, I guess it's 
the health sector in general is relatively fragile for all mm -hmm. the reasons that people see in the press and it's well documented. So really for us, it's um, coming out of COVID, post-COVID and hoping that we can continue to grow and develop the business. Um, at Morris Care, we would like to continue to invest in our homes and our staff to make them feel valued and have great places to live. Um, I'd like us to expand and, and try and find some more homes at some point in the next um, year or two. And we will continue to digitalize. So the sector, the healthcare sector, social care in particular, doesn't have high um, percentages of organizations using digital platforms. And we're at the beginning of the journey, really. Um, government set some fairly ambitious targets for us all to achieve. Um, and we are really, really advanced with our digital programme. And I think the key for digitalisation is, yes, it gives me business efficiencies and allows me to process and transact the business in a better organised way. But the key for us has been putting in um, tools that the staff use, which actually give them more time to spend with residents because mm -hmm. they are not sat writing reams and reams of paper records. So for me, we want to continue to digitalize and innovate to improve health outcomes for the residents but also to give the re the staff more time to be with residents and care yeah. for residents because that's what they all want to do yeah absolutely fantastic so it's a it's a great way to to free up the time for the more pardon the pun but for the more human element of what your nurses and, and caring staff need to to do and want to do for the yeah for absolutely the that's great, brilliant. Well, thank you for joining us. I look forward to, to keeping in touch and seeing how that progresses. But I really enjoyed hearing about your story, Lucy. So. Okay, all right. Thank you so much.